Do you have a Bible? Do you? Well, that's really, really weak. Do you own a Bible? If you don't, I'll give you one. In 47 years, I have produced 22 Bibles. This is one called the Jubilee Bible. It has significance in this year. Jubilee. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. It's a very powerful verse. Without the shedding of blood. If you have a bloodless gospel, you have a counterfeit gospel. I'm going to try to say it, folks. If you have a bloodless gospel, look, y'all better learn to stand up for truth. You better learn to affirm truth because America is becoming socialist every day. Every day. And if you think that they're not out to take your religious liberty, you don't have your eyes or ears open. So I'm going to try again. If you have a bloodless gospel, you have a counterfeit gospel, which is not a gospel at all. What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make you whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that washes white as snow. No other fountain, no. Yeah. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilt and stains. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and all the burden of my soul rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. And now, when I don't have a dollar to change, and now, when she looks at you and says she's walking out. And now, when the doctor looks at you, preacher, and says you have vocal cord cancer, you may never ever in your life speak again. When you go silent for two years and cannot utter a word, and yet here you are, six years later, with a shout and a preach and a praise. So now I'm happy. Touch somebody and tell them, don't, don't, don't figure in the way I look. I really am happy. We're standing today on Good Friday. We look with stupefied horror. Inconspicuously amid the crowd, the Son of God. The one who spoke with such raging power and beautiful poetry about how God would clothe the lilies of the field with such beauty as now stripped bare naked he's physically forced to face a massive stone 
hollow. Leather strips bind his biting and burning, his aching and throbbing wrists around that massive column, allowing soldiers to extend his arms that were strong enough to calm the tempestuous sea that was gentle enough to soothe and hold the little children. Now stretch those massive arms around that grotesque column. His skin upon his back is now stretched tight and taut. And that cursed whip strips of leather with a series of stones and metal beads spaced periodically along the length of each. The tip has a jagged edge, a piece of sheep bone filed to the sharpness of an eagle's claw. The wielder of that weapon is an expert in his ghastly craft. He's trained to inflict maximum pain and yet allow his victim to leave that post still breathing, surviving. Finally, finally, suddenly, it's over. The volume of spotless blood is now pooled around the base of that column. His piercing eyes, that Galilean gaze, that looked at the woman taken in adultery and said, neither do I condemn thee. She must not have gone to most churches. Neither do I condemn thee. Go, sin no more. Those eyes that fastened upon Bartimaeus and wiped the blindness from his eyes. That piercing gaze is now nowhere to be found. They're swollen and matted shut from the blows of the fists. Hundreds and hundreds of blows from the fists of trained warriors of the Roman Legion. It's kicked, prodded, whipped through the cobblestone streets of Jerusalem. His beard yanked from his face. The devastating effects of that flogging have rendered God's only begotten Son unrecognizable 
to his own family, to his closest friends. Let me ask you a question. How can we complain? How can we grumble? How can we be unforgiving? Unloving, fussing, feuding, making mountains out of molehills, talking about the pigmentation of our skin. How do we allow ourselves? To be divided, separated, stay six feet apart, cover up your face, don't open your mouth, because with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. So let's cover that up. You can say what you want on Twitter as long as it agrees with whoever owns Twitter. But if you want to say that God ordained a man and a woman to raise a family, then you be yanked off. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to put it in context. The next time you say something silly and childish, like how could God let this happen to me? You're living in the wealthiest nation on earth. If you want to complain, join these Ukrainians. I hear complaining out of pastors in the United States of America that they work hard. I'd work 15 of them into the ground in a week. Because I don't work, I serve. And I am humbled and I'm filled with gratitude and I'm overwhelmed with the opportunity to lift my happy hands and voice and head in praise. I was talking to a precious pastor in Ukraine. We sent him thousands and thousands of dollars. Blessed be the holy name of God forever. For all you poverty folk, that wouldn't be possible if the church was filled with you. Who think poverty is something to be exalted. You don't really believe that. Because if you really believed that, you'd never go to work. If money is evil, why do you put in 40 hours a week plus to try to get some? Well, it's not that money is evil. It's that too much money is evil. Okay. I've got a check for you. It's made out for $1,000. Is that too much? I've got another check for you. It's made out for ten. Is that too much? What if my check was for a million? You'd turn me down, right? 
Not a single one of you would do that. And yet you want to criticize people that can write out a check for a million and pay for the seats you're sitting on tonight. Poverty is not a blessing, it's a curse. If you don't believe that, go to Sudan with me. If you don't believe that, go to Pakistan with me. I was talking to that pastor. He was sitting in his office in Kiev, Ukraine. In his office. He has over 200 churches. And while I was talking to him live by video, thank God for technology. Thank God for Kelly's husband, Darren, who traveled the world with me for over 25 years and now heads up our facilities department, taking care of over half a million square feet under one roof. He has three men to do it, three. Him and three, two of them are his sons. He called me. He said, I've got a resurrection miracle. I said, I'm ready. He said, you know how for three years I've been bugging you? Because these light, big light things, what are they called? Boards, whatever, that keep all these lights on. He said, listen to this. He said, for three years you've had me trying to get those fixed. He said, the only solution we could find was $250,000. That's why we've been waiting for three years, you complainers. So he started, he said, I just, I got on the internet, me and the boys, and we've spent months and months and months on the internet. He said, I found the problem. It was a little piece of equipment. And he said, but the manufacturers stopped manufacturing all of it over 20 years ago. So the only thing to do was tear it all out and put new in. You know, that's like an upgrade on your phone. The last one was the best one they ever made until six months later when they come out with a new one and they want you to trade it in. Am I boring you? He said, he said, I found 10 of those parts. I said, how much were they? A hundred dollars. That's a $250,000 miracle. If it's your, it your quarter of a million, you'd be shouting, and since it's your church, go ahead. Isn't that something? Look at God. I said, look at God. What paid for it? What paid for it? Oh, this. This right here. This is what paid for it. There was seven places Jesus shed his blood on that Friday. Good Friday. 
wasn't very good for him. A woven crown of thorns like this was thrust with anger into his bruised and battered his bleeding and swollen brow piercing the capillaries the veins the arteries bleeding by which the very veins of God himself were emptied. Do you remember? Way, way, way back. Way back. Back. Past Judges, past Ruth, past Lamentations, before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, before Jeremiah, before Isaiah, before Moses before Abraham. Our pristine parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden, the happy, laughing, splashing river of life. No burden, no need for clothing, no sin, no separation. God walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. Their relationship was one of reckless abandon. There were no Reassurance is needed. I love you. Do you love me? Circle one, yes or no? Why? Everything is prophetic. Elder Canfield, I think that was the best message on Holy Communion I ever heard. Do you know that in communion, the purpose is showing the rejoining. I'm over here. I'm over here. The rejoining of the blood and the body. Separated. Blood. Life. The life is in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness, there's no healing, there's no victory, there's no joy, no peace, no strength. There is no hope without the blood. That Ukrainian pastor had more hope than 10,000 U.S. pastors. I heard on that live feed, I heard the bombs going off. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. He's sitting in his office. I said, hold out your hand. I said, what is that behind you? Are those bombs? He said, yes, it's the Russians. I said, how far away are they? He said, about 10 miles. What is he doing? Preaching, praying, feeding, hurting people, setting up. There's a price to pay. Self-sacrifice. You American Christians, self-sacrifice is entry-level Christianity. 
being a Christian, a true Christian, won't cost you something. It'll cost you everything. Why? When you're my age, questions haunt you. Why was this necessary? Everything is prophetic. He was beaten, his back beaten with the cat of nine tails mercilessly. Why? Oh, Isaiah said he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. Here it is. And with and by his stripes I was and I am healed. The stripes of his back took cancer out of my body. Took cancer out of my mother's breasts took cancer out of my father's kidneys healed my sister on 35 prescribed medications a day given three months to live and sent home to die mo was with us she lived over 30 years healed by the stripes of his back the blood of his ribbon side Forthwith came blood and water, some to the forward part, some to the hinder part. Doing what? Purchasing your salvation, your eternal life, your freedom from the bondages of sin and death. I wish I had a church to preach to tonight. So I thought, why that? Why is that? Why was that necessary? They put a purple robe on him. And then when it had matted in his lacerated back, they ripped it off again to open his horrible wounds so every drop of blood could flow. It's pretty nasty, isn't it? I've accidentally touched a few of those points. So just imagine that an angry Roman centurion put it on the top of your head and then shoved it down through your brow, through your scalp. You say, well, this is, this is pretty rough. Oh, that's what's wrong with the modern church. They don't preach Calvary. They don't preach the cross. They don't preach the kingdom. It's too bloody. It's too awful. They want to dress it up. No. Touch one of those points. Just one. Can you imagine? It's unimaginable. The horror, the brutality. We can't imagine it. 
It's too ghastly to look at. We look away. So the question was, why this? He'd been beaten. He'd been kicked. He has a sword thrust through his side. He is impaled by four five-inch iron spikes. Not three, not this. This on the sides of that beam. That angry, mean, biting beam. A centurion takes a sledgehammer and puts the nails on the thickest part of the outside of each ankle. But before that, they impale him with two. Don't even put those second two in for a while. Leave him dangling there. Finally, when he's about to suffocate, nail his feet, bend his knees in that awful sag of death, just enough that he can push himself up to get another breath. Because crucifixion wasn't about killing. Crucifixion was shock and awe. Crucifixion was break the Roman law and that'll be you next. Why a crown of thorns? Well, you have to go way back, Dr. Burkhardt. Way back. Back to the beginning of beginnings. At another tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Where the arch enemy of God beguiled Eve and then Adam. They ran. They hid themselves. They covered themselves with fig leaves. Like you know you try to do. Only showing up at Easter time and Christmas. They hid themselves. Like you think you do on the internet. Go ahead teenagers. Put vulgar pictures of yourself and think only your boyfriend will ever see them. First of all, he's neither a, a, a boy, he's an infant, or a friend. He's a devil. We try to hide ourselves. No one will know. Reputation is what you do in public. Character is what you do in private. Why? Doesn't that, don't questions like that ever bother you? Why? There's more historical proof that Jesus of Nazareth went to that cross than there is that Alexander the Great ever existed. Follow the science. Why? Wasn't for the healing of your body. That's not how that was accomplished. Wasn't, it wasn't for the healing of your soul to give you eternal life, to wash you. 
from your sin, your iniquity, and give you eternal life and a home in heaven, and heaven to go to heaven. Wasn't for that. Why? Because after the fall, the very first thing that God Almighty dealt with is going to shock you. He went walking through the garden. He couldn't find Adam and Eve, and he cried out to them, Adam, wherefore art thou, Adam, in the Shakespearean King's English? Modern vernacular, Adam, where are you? He found them. They said they had hidden themselves, now covered in fig leaves. Most entertainers today would do good just to put on some fig leaves. True. He looked at Adam and he said, from this day forward, the earth represented in this garden, which I gave you, I gave you freely. And it brings forth fruit and vegetable and everything needed to sustain. You say sustain. Say sustain. Everything needed to sustain you. In this earth, to provide for you. He is a father. That means he has a plan of provision for you. He said, I know the plan that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to bless you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to help you and never to harm you. God looked at Adam and he said, no more freebies, Adam. From this moment forward, you will till the ground. You will work. You will plant the seed. You will reap the harvest. Your back will be blistered by the sun. Nothing will come easy. And by the sweat of your brow. But fret not. Fret not. Calvary covers it all. Healing for your body. Salvation for your spirit and soul. And by these thorns, when the blood was pit, body was pierced, and the blood ran down that brow, God forever removed the curse of poverty and lack. Somebody shout! The curse is broken. The curse is broken. Leave it there. Be seated. So on this Good Friday, we're going to move in on it. 
I'm not having a healing line. I'm not giving a to the altar altar call. We're going to break the back of poverty and lack. If the Ukrainians need $90 billion worth of armament, I would a whole lot rather the Democratic Republic of Ukraine get $90 billion instead of us leaving it in Afghanistan to the Taliban. Thank God for wealth. Thank God for abundance. Thank God for plenty. Thank God for overflow. Thank God for more than enough. Do you know why we need to believe for more than enough? Got any idea? Because there's always somebody that don't have enough. Be seated. Now everybody participate. I'm an audience participation preacher. Or I'm just going to go sit down. I heard you, lady. She said, I would to God he would go sit down. No, she didn't. I made it up. I'd have made a good politician. Listen. My problem is I'm bound to the truth. That's my issue. All right, you're going to participate? I can see you, you know. All right. Every person, when I ask this question, if your answer is in the affirmative, meaning yes, I want you to shout as loud as you can. Everybody, I'm watching. I got some of you to smile. Look at that. You ready? You ready? How many of you decided which pair of shoes you were going to wear tonight because you have more than one pair? If your answer is yes, shout now. I like that. That was nice. It hit me when I was right there. Just kind of, whoop. <laughs> okay, let's try again. If last night you slept with some covering and a pillow, shout now. Somewhere, you have the ability tonight to go get something to eat. If that's you, you got that ability. If not, we'll take care of you because we got a tour of Columbus out here. We got tacos. We got, we got it all. Are you ready? Somewhere, somewhere. You can get your hands on some food tonight. If you answered yes to all three of those, 
you are in the top 82% of the wealthiest people living on this planet. So what do we have to complain about? You know what I'm doing tonight? I'm getting food to South Sudan. You know where our City Harvest Network pastors, Fiaz and Ms. Amanda are tonight? Taking food to Pakistan. You know where 1,200 of our churches are working in Ukraine and Poland? They're taking food. They're taking water. They're taking medical supplies. They're taking diapers. Is somebody glad that you go to a church that can do all that and pay its bills too? Thirty-seven years ago, God said something to me. He said, on Easter, you celebrate that I gave my very best. Did God hold anything back? He didn't send a man, did he? He came himself. Wrapped in flesh. Your Bible says, for God to have become a man was greater than for a man to become a worm. Think of that. He condescended to become like you and me. And then he suffered as no mortal could have ever suffered to break the curse of sin, of sickness, and of lack. If God hadn't wanted to heal you, he shouldn't have. Healing's not a promise, it's a fact. You just have to catch up with it. If God hadn't wanted to save you, he shouldn't have. Because that blood can cover the wounding, sin and putrefying sores of all humanity in one prayer. And that same blood breaks the back of lack the greatest revival we are do, do you I know I've said it several times tonight I'm being prophetic to you I told you about Gog of Magog I have told you the stage is set right now for Russia China and Iran Persia to come together in an alliance and bring the end of time. Never seen it before in the history of the world. There they are. I don't know how long we've got. But I know why that particular nation was singled out and supported not only by Russia, but by China and by Iran, Persia. Why? Because the greatest revival in Europe is coming out of there. Right now, there's a dispersion of those people all across Europe, and they are like flaming missiles of the fire and the power of God to sweep revival across Europe. There's a reason COVID-19 came out of China. 
Wake up. Read your Bible. Woo. So what's our responsibility? Finance that revival. I'm going to try again. What's our responsibility? Win 9,000 in a week instead of 900. What's our responsibility? To go into the highways, the byways, the hedges, and give out as many peeps as it takes to line this altar with souls. To look through that camera and preach to the entire world. Somebody 30 years ago paid that bill so that young man could hear the preaching of the gospel from Columbus, Ohio. So God said, this one time every year, I want you to tell the people to celebrate that I, God, gave my best. His only begotten son. Jesus was the harvest of God in seed form. He sowed a son and he reaped all of us. The laws of sowing and reaping, summer and winter, heat and cold, will never ever be broken. Your seed is the only influence you have over your future. And stop saying if God wanted to bless me financially, he would. Well, that's like saying if he wanted to save you, he would. God forever surrendered his right to act independently in your life in Genesis chapter 3. And I've read the rest of the book. He never took it back. So, for 37 years, 37 years, do you know that persistence is the lost art of faith? You have need of patience after that you've done the will of God that you might inherit the promise. Thursday morning I was praying about that. I was praying about right now. And I said, God, bear your right arm, flex your mighty muscle. Show me something I've never seen before. Not 20 minutes after that, I got a text message from another state. And a gentleman said to me, I'm wiring my resurrection seed. I said, well, praise God. It's a faithful family. They've been a part of our ministry for 30 more years. He said, I'm going to sow the greatest resurrection seed I've ever sown. That seed in 37 years is greater than any seed ever sown. Look funny if you want to. Look funny if you want to. But they're tithers. Not off the net, off the gross. Every one of their businesses tithes. Every one of their businesses gives offering. 
So he said, I've been wanting to sow that seed for the last 30 years. And I'm sending it today. How good is God? I had to wait 37 years, preach 37 years, pray 37 years, believe 37 years for that. And tonight, together, we are all going to do our best in response to God doing His best on Good Friday. Here's what I want you to do. Many of you have already prepared your resurrection seed. You came in the door with it ready. Others of you, this is the first time you've ever heard that. That's all right. Here, for 37 years, we've sown our very best at Easter. God said at Passover, Easter. Do you know tonight is the first night of Passover? Tonight. Tonight's when the blood got applied. And the death angel passed over. Tonight! Do you know that this is 2022? Is a Shemitah year? That's a year where God says, relax, I've got you, sow anything you want. That's what it is. It's also a year of double adar. It only comes once every seven years. What's that? It's a year where God promises double. It is called, called double Adar because it is an optimum year, say the Jewish sages, for the sowing of seed. It is the most fertile ground and it comes once every seven years at Passover. If I was you, I'd jump into this with both feet. Hallelujah. Why don't you let God break poverty off of you? Uh, over here, over here. I'm just giving you time to get that envelope and get it filled out. I don't know why we're looking at Good Friday. I have no idea. Thank you. Watch this. Watch this. I just have to look at, walk out here and see them. Stand up, Elders Wilson. See this man right here? He is our newest elder. I want you to see it. I got a video today. Give me, give me, get, get it right quick. Get it. I'm giving you time to write. Okay, you don't have to hurry. They'll wait a minute. I got their food, so I bought their dinner. Okay, watch this. Okay, can you see it? Watch. That's that's elder. That's elder. You see what he's doing? She videoed this today and sent it to me. He's out in the parking lot picking up trash. He was. He was. Look, he ain't even on the front row. He's out there picking up trash. Well, you have a servant's heart when you sow a resurrection seed for over 30 years and then God does this for you. What did he do? He wiped out in one day over $100,000 in debt. If it was your $100,000 that somebody paid off for you, you'd be shouting right now, I bet you. 
I bet you. If I wrote you a 100K check, bro, you wouldn't be able to contain yourself. I know you, hillbilly. Amen. Sit down. Get happy. Stop looking at your seed and think about your harvest. I said, stop looking at your seed and think about your harvest. A seed goes into the ground. It multiplies and comes back and blesses you. Hallelujah. You say, I don't believe in that. Well, okay, you won't get it. That's that's okay. I don't believe in tithing. Okay, stay in poverty. Praise God. I don't believe in healing. Well, you can die. It comes quite naturally. I'm giving you an opportunity to get your very best seed out. Your very best seed. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm going to get a donut tonight. Blessed be God. We're going to break the fast tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be God forever, Father. Those of you online, is it, is it up there? Is it up there? I can't see it. Okay. Get it up there. I don't want anybody to be left out. Brittany, I don't want you to be left out, Brittany. She's ready. Been ready. Amen. Ashton Blair asked me the other day. She said, Dad, I believe I've heard God. I said, well, what did he say? So she told me. She'd been through hell. Hell. And she said, I, I got to let the devil know he didn't touch me. He, he may have knocked me down, but I'm back up. And I'm stronger than ever. And she said, I want to celebrate by sowing thus and so. And I said, I said, she said, what do you think I should do? She said, I don't want to be in my flesh. I said, I've never seen the devil tell people to sow. That's like people say talking in tongues is of the devil. How come it don't ever happen in the bar? That was good. Are you ready to sow and break the devil's back? of lack in your life. Are you ready? If you're ready, shout, y'all get up here. And I mean, get something happy. Get something rejoicing. Blessed be God forever. Oh yeah, your pastor, Victoria, Pastor Brian Bolt, shared this testimony with me when he got here. He said, look at this. And he showed me a picture of a beautiful little boy. I mean, if he is mine, I'd make him so mean. He was just beautiful. He said, let me tell you about that. I said, I think you're going to anyway. He said, my wife and I decided we wanted to adopt a baby. So we'd been praying about it. We got a call from the hospital. This little boy's twin. Are are you okay? I just want you to know how evil the world is. His baby infant twin was beaten to death by its father and he beat this little boy he was in the NICU for months and months and months and he showed me all the pictures 
They said he'd never talk, he'd never walk, he would be blind from the beating of his own father. And Pastor Bolt and Miss Natalie said, well, let us have him. You hearing me, Eckfelds? You hearing me, progeny? That's your anointing, see? That's your anointing, getting into all these pastors. Miss Deb, he said, this is what he said. He said, we got together and we sowed our resurrection seed. That day, his eyes came open. That day, he got out of the NICU. And this is him running all around the house saying, da, 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 da. And they adopted that little boy. Don't tell me God doesn't respond to faith. He's a faith God. He's not another kind of God. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.